uh, save us. It's God, absolutely God, that uh, is concerned with our very lives. And these were good songs that uh, really keep encouraging us. Some of these songs we sang them in the, in the, in the early 80s and the late 90s and all that. But they are still good songs, chosen to serve him. We have been chosen, all of us have been chosen to serve, to serve God. And uh, don't let me fail you, Lord. It is as true as that. It's a prayer. These are, it's, it's a prayer song. It's a prayer song. Because people fall, even pastors fall, bishops fall, whatever. They quit. Others quit the ministry. Others, you know, completely backslide. But God, by his own mercy, he has held some of us up in the church up to now. Mm. Then the uh, other one, where could I go? Where could I go? Seeking a refuge for my soul. It's only unto the Lord that we can run because he is our refuge. Absolutely, it's our refuge. Likened unto the, the cities of refuge in the Old Testament, uh, we have Jesus Christ, our refuge. It's only writing in here that we have Jesus, the head of the church, ministering unto the church, keeping us, upholding us on a second-to-second -second, uh, basis. When the Lord, Brother Lord of Good News, demonstrate, I see it nowadays a bit more clearly. He said he would go, hold a hand like this. He says, if the Lord does not keep you, you'll, be like, you'll just fall like that. So we are kept by his own power. And that is on a second-to-second basis. On a second-to-second basis. Anything can throw you out of, of salvation. Anything can throw you out of church. Uh, anything can, you know, take you out of church. But uh, we thank God that we are still here. Anything. And when you have a, when God has mercy upon you, uh, when you, at one time, like we keep referring to, uh, this brother came here on a Sunday, and he, he said how he had he left the church, but the mercies of God uh, touched him, and now he's back to the one flock. That's why he was here. He has every reason why he, he gives he, uh, now the servants of God the titles that uh, we have never uh, had, because he knows what they are in his life and what they have done in his life. So, it's by God's grace that we are in the house of the Lord. Those of you that uh, are listening to news, are watching news, they, we have a war going on between Russia and, or, or the Russia has invaded the Ukraine. Brother Glenn Goodwin uh, gave us a message on that, but uh, God willing, maybe if I, if I study it, may, may uh, maybe comment on it tomorrow in the service. Uh, if uh, God gives me the grace to study it, he posted it uh, uh, <clears throat> on, uh, on the net. But uh, today we'd like to begin on a lesson that we have ever learned, just like we have learned the message of the, of the tithe. We have learned messages about the Godhead, water baptism, messages about the resurrection and all that. This is also one of the messages that 
uh, we badly need about self, more about self, S-E-L-O-F, self, me, 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 This message was delivered by one of the ministers in the body of Jesus Christ. And uh, while I was studying, I, uh, the Lord touched, convicted my heart to study this message once again. And I saw the need for us to go through it because it touches life. It touches me. It touches self. Mm -hmm. So if we do not seek the will of God, for our individual lives, we will grow weary. Remember, we had been, we learned something about the will of God, a message that was delivered in Mbale. If we don't seek the will of God for our lives, we will grow weary. And that is true. Because if you don't know that this is the will of God for my life, you will not have a reason to stay in church. You will not have a reason to serve God. You will not have a reason to hold on. You will not have a reason to endure, to endure trials and temptations because you don't know the will of God for your life. So, anything now, you, you just see, see no need for, for praying to God, you know. Where could I go? Where could I go? Hmm? Don't let me fail you, Lord. You will not see the need to pray like such prayers, don't fail me, Lord. Let me not fail you. Let me not fall. Mm. This brother said, before you can get more from God, there has to be less of you. Don't we have a song like that? The judge is not here who has a good voice, would have sung, for us, more of you and less of me. More of you and less of me. I really don't have a good voice. My voice is a horse and it's not even a soprano. I would try to sing that chorus. If we don't empty out self, it's going to be hard to receive from God. If we don't empty out self, or have less and less of us, and then more and more of God, we shall receive less from God will receive less from God. The biggest enemy is not the beast. We have always learned our, the, the, our governments are beastly. And so the statement goes, the biggest enemy is not the beast. It's not the devil or the world. The biggest enemy is self. Self is going to make most of us 
is going to separate most of us from being used by God. God wants us to look inside of us and deal with the self. That Adamic nature which you inherited has to be changed. The Adamic nature. You remember we touched this when we were dealing with the fall of man. The Adamic nature that we inherited. It has to be changed. The self has to get out of the way. It is always, self is always in our way. It's always too fast in our way. Self. Self is always too fast in our way. Every one of us, minus none, self is always too fast in our way. And that's why we seek vengeance. We want to revenge. Someone does something to you, you also want to do it to them. Nobody refuses to help you. Next time they are in need, you also not want to help them. We seek vengeance. Self. That is self. We become bitter hmm? and angry. And many of these other traits that we manifest. With brethren, I want us to be honest, we think about self too much. And this is a message that I can't finish today because it's a wide. We think about self too much. Why would one not want to pay any pledge? It's because of self. Why don't I give my pledge? Is it because God does not give us that money? Brothers, is it because God does not give us that money that we pledge for? That we pledge? To be honest, if we can be honest, if I can be honest, it's because of self that I can have pledges carried on from one year to the next year, which are unpaid. And I am not bothered at all. Why? We think too much about self. Self. Why would, why would I not pay tithe? It's because I know if I remove this, it's, it's, it's going to make me not miss what I want to do for myself. Self makes us to not disobey the word of God 
in all areas, not only in the tithing, whether it's a pledge, whether it's coming for service, why would one miss a service? I'm making some more money for myself and my children. You can only add on my children. But that is still self. It's about self. It is a mindset of how we always defend ourselves. Self, this mindset makes us to defend ourselves, always justifying ourselves. It's a mindset. It's a mindset that by nature, that foreign, you know, nature in us, wants us to defend ourselves, always justifying ourselves. No, Pastor, you didn't just understand. I can't do that. Self doesn't want to be hurt. I want you to know. Self in us does not want to be hurt. H-U-R-T. I wish I knew how to translate that in Uganda. Self does not want to be hurt. Mm-mm. And this is a mindset that you can justify yourself even when you did something or even when you said something. Why would someone deny of what they have stolen or what they have done or what they have said? It's because of self. Because self does not want to be hurt, want to clean myself before the courts of law or before my pastor or before my fellow brother or before my sister or my wife, my husband. I know my husband. I didn't say that. It's because of self. Self does not want to be hurt. But I'm saying, if we are going to be saved and truly saved up to the end, we need to empty self out of us. If we are going to be used of God and serve God according to how he wants us to, we have to empty ourselves. We have to empty self out of us. Because you are needed to be an usher. You are an usher. But self wants you to do something else. You will miss the service or come late. You are, to, you are, you are, meant, you are an usher. You are meant to be there early at service. Early enough. But because of self, you will want to come just one minute to the service. <coughs> Excuse me. Self is the enemy that wants to get even.
you want to get even. In others, I want justice all the time. I want to get even. I have done this. I am meant to be given this. I deserve this. Why should someone cheat on me? Not that it's good for somebody to cheat on you, but once you have been cheated, what does the scripture say? Why wouldn't you defraud yourself? You are a child of God. You are not like that man or that woman out there who has never had such teachings in the church. Why we want to get even? The root of our problem is because we still have too much of self. God cannot pe- penetrate in us. It's like a, a, a wall. We have put a blockage. This brother said, mentioned a statement which is very true. There is nothing that will change in the grave when I die. There is nothing about me that will change while I'm in the grave. Change has to take place in my life while I'm in the church. I have to acknowledge that I have this problem. Whether it is me, Brother Jajo, I have to acknowledge that I have this problem. And I need help from God. Justifying myself will not help because all I want, brethren, all I want, this should be a desire for every one of us, all I want, Samuel Yogok, that when I die, I, my mindset should have changed from this selfish one to the level that, you know, God has worked in my life that I am no longer that very person. But I now have the mind of Christ. It's not easy. We talk of battling with the, whether it is a physical battles or we talk of uh, problems like stealing, you say now, but self is a big problem in every one of our lives. Let's have it in our mind that the only way I can change, we sing all those songs like willing to be changed. Eh? And another one says, turn me, O God, and I shall be turned. Those songs, we sing them, but they are meant to be practical in our lives. It is as practical as we sing it or as we sing them. I have to change. 
and where I'm finding difficult brethren, the need for praying and crying to God comes in, has to come in, because all I want, brethren, is for me to be saved. That by the time I rest, I will have hope of being in the first resurrection. That's the, the, the prayer of my heart. I do not want to waste the time just to occupy time. I'm not the type that's looking for a group of people that will bury me when I'm dead. No. All I'm seeking for is whatsoever God wants me to do. That will save my soul. God help me. Now, this is another problem that we are talking about. Self. It's not only the greatest enemy to the gospel, it's the greatest enemy as far as our salvation is concerned. It's an enemy. Let's all, all, all of us keep realizing, as long as you are not doubt, no, you are not like, like those children there, but you know and that is what makes this church to be different. Let's understand that I'm in this church for the salvation of my soul. And that will help us, brethren. Because what is the use of having been in the church then Christ comes and says, I never knew, I never knew you. You depart from me. Or I stay in church for such a time, serve God such a time, but within me, there are areas that I don't want to be touched. I now know it has come to my knowledge. In fact, God has helped me now to understand that I can be in the same church, the true body of Jesus Christ, and yet die lost. Because I never allowed myself to be delivered of certain things that absolutely will cause me to miss it. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 17, we look at a few scriptures here. For the time is come, the judgment must, come, must begin at the house of God. And if it first uh, begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? What shall be the end of them that are out there? We can understand doctrine like the Godhead. We can understand the doctrine of the resurrection. We can, and all that is good to have that understanding. 
can have the knowledge of the scriptures, that water baptism that is scriptural, and many other doctrines. But if we don't get self out of the way, we will miss it. If we do not get self out of the way, we will miss it. If I am not serious today, in the church age, let's write that statement. It's a good one. If I am not serious today, in the church age, there is no way I'll be serious in the resurrection or in the kingdom. We are living at a time when most people that profess Christianity are seeking for miracles. But let's always remember, miracles don't change anyone. A miracle does not change a person. A miracle does not change one's spirit. We have had people who have had miracles. They have never been committed to God. Because of that little knowledge, brothers and sisters, I have seen people that we pray for. There are people who came in here for prayer. They have never had children. They have never had children. Do we pray for them? Some of them, I know them up to this day. Some are in this town here. They have never been here. I can go and tell this is one of them. And she will tell you, yes. Pastor prayed for me. Uh, the church prayed for me. And the results are here. I'm not saying I'm the one who, who really uh, opened their wombs. It's God. Ours was to pray. But you know, I'm stressing the fact that a miracle does not serve a single person. I have also seen it. Not only here, but also, you know, all these assemblies that, I, that, that we have fellowship with, whether it's in Bali, There are ladies right in here, this town of ours, in the city now, that even confess and tell other people, God did a miracle for them, and they now have children. They are happy mothers. But are they here? You would have thought that they, that would keep them in the church. Nothing. They, they are not here. 
The salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. Let's know the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. It's not based on anything. It's not based on anything, not on a miracle, nothing. Change in our lives comes when we are committed to God. Change to take place in my life. God has to help me to commit my life unto God. That whether with or without this, I will still serve God. Whether with wealth or with poverty, I will serve God. And when the Lord helps you to have that commitment, there will be a change in your life. And by God's grace, you may be saved. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul talks something here. Up to chapter 3, he talks about a spiritual man and any natural man, a carnal man. From verse 11 to, I'll read only from verse 11 up to 16. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words, which man is wisdom, teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. We shall go to chapter 3 also. Verse, but verse here 14, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness, unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. They are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who has known the mind of, of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Also Paul said, we have the mind of Christ. Paul talks about natural man, spiritual man, and the carnal mind. Things of God cannot be easily discerned by a natural man. We have always learned that a natural man or a carnal man is one who 
has never been born again. His soul has never been born again. To be spiritual, be a spiritual being, in other words, means that you can discern and understand things about God. You obey the plan of God. And as children of God, we should all be striving to be spiritual. You can change your, your seat from sunshine to We should all be striving to be spiritual. Paul here was not talking about or talking to people who were just converted, who had just got saved. In chapter 3 of the first Corinthians, reading from verse 1, I brethren, will not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Babes in Christ. Or babies in Christ. He said, I will feed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto ye were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are you able. For you are yet carnal, whereas there is among you envying and strife, divisions. Are you not carnal and walk as men? He said, You are yet carnal. That's why you cannot bear. A carnal man is a fleshly man. Carnal man is a fleshly man. He is one who is arrested in supplying the things of the flesh, supplying the desires of the flesh. A carnal man. Is dug in supplying the things of the flesh, carnal man. <clears throat> All you want is to nourish that that the flesh desires, to nourish the desires of the flesh. All of us are entangled in this problem. Now, listen to this statement and write it down where possible. 
A carnal man is someone who Christ is their savior. Christ is their savior. But they are afraid Christ to be the Lord of their lives. Carnal man. Someone who Christ is their savior, but they are afraid Christ to be their Lord. That's a kind of man. May be saved. And even sometimes filled with the Holy Ghost, but he's still canon. Holy Ghost baptism is good, right from God, given by God. By the time you receive the Holy Ghost baptism, it does not take away, it does not transform you into what? Into a, a, a what? A person that God wants to be immediately. You will teach and stress the importance of the Holy Ghost baptism. But you can have the Holy Ghost baptism. You speak in other tongues, but you are still canoe. It's all possible according to this statement. A canoe man is someone who Christ is their savior, but they are afraid Christ to be the Lord of their lives. To let Jesus be Lord over you, you have to let him decide and dictate over you. To let Jesus Lord over you or over me, I have to let him decide and dictate over my life. Where I'm to go, that's why we keep saying, when you are going to a new place, maybe you have got a job, one of the things you consider is, do we have a church of the body of Christ there? A church that's in a fellowship with the rest of the body members or body churches. When we talk of Christ dictating over you, or over my life, brethren, it's not that uh, Jesus Christ will leave the, the right hand of the Father where he is in the heavens. Then he comes here and then he begins giving you orders. Build, it, build this church house. Put the glasses. And because he doesn't do like that. So we are bent to supplying only to self. 
but he has given us his servants who are his representatives. People that speak on the behalf of Christ are the ones who give instructions that must dictate over my life. Instructions from the word of God. One brother, one minister in Mbale made a statement and said like this. A request from your boss or from your leader, a boss meaning the people at, if you are still working in a social employment, if you are still working in a social employment, he said a request from your boss is like a command. He brought it in the church. He said a request from your pastor. It's like a command. But why should it be a command? Because Christ, I have agreed Christ to be Lord over me. Now, if Christ is to be Lord over me, he has given me His representative, that is meant to tell me what I should do, which is the desire of Christ. Pastor says, let's do this. That's a command. It's like a, you are hearing from the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a command. Would you disobey? If Christ himself was here, like he used to walk on the streets of Jerusalem, would you disobey him? Or would you allow him to dictate your life? If you can't allow your, the, the, the instructions from your pastor to dictate over your life, just know that even if Christ was here and he gives you instructions, you do not still take them. Mm -hmm. Can I grow, brothers and sisters, that my pastor, the instructions he gives me, become dictates over my life? That for you to reach, for me to reach that level, in other words, I must have emptied myself of a certain amount. I must have emptied self to a certain amount. Eh? Brother Jajo, I need you in this place right tomorrow or today. Board a vehicle and come. Yes, Brother Jajo has no money. You even don't know. My pastor does not have to figure out 
oh, my pastor should not be the one to figure out on how I get there. But he has given what? Instructions. Express what? Instructions. It is now on my part to figure out how to get there. Rarely or hardly do I expect my pastor to send me transport to go where he is if he has called me. If he sends me, ah, that is good. I don't have to stand and say, but pastor doesn't know that I really have many programs. Now this is here, this is here. The children's fees is there. Now this one is there. We have this program on the ground as a church. We have this, we have that. Then at home, I have this as an individual. You see how I, I, I'm reasoning. It's like if Pastor Brother Memo had asked me uh, of whether I, or I should go to leader or not, I had quite a number of reasons to defend self or to express self in me. There were many elders in the church who has been working in the cleaning crew. Wow. That was the first thing. Seasoned men were there, sitting with him on the platform. But I said, will this be the will of God? My pastor has spoken. God help me not to disobey my pastor. Tie your luggage, and off you go. That Akibumba will be coming at home, and you tie all that you have. It all filled, all that we had, went on a what? On a small, on a pickup. Not on a, not in a fuzzle. I'm not saying I have always obeyed. I'm giving you that as an example. I would have given any one of you uh, as examples. A canoe person is one who has Christ as their savior, but is afraid to make Christ their Lord. Jesus Christ said, why do you call me Lord when you wouldn't do what, I, what, what I'm telling you to do? Brother Patrick, give me that scripture. Why would you call me Lord, yet you don't do that which I am telling you? May not be the same words, but the word Lord. If you used that, you could easily get to the scripture. To let Jesus be Lord over me, I have to let him decide. Uh, but I'm going this way. Pastor says, mm -mm. we have the program. We are not going there. No, but, but 
I haven't finished. Why would Jesus Christ tell one of his followers to, to, to let the dead bury their dead? But come and do what? Follow me. Was it easy? Because that was a strong excuse. You know what? I have lost somebody. I have to go and bury. Who does not understand how painful it is to lose your dear one? So you must bury. Christ knew the dead were dead. We had lived for many years in the church, or stayed in, been in the church for quite a long time, and came up with a tradition that uh, the first day of the year meets you in your home assembly. That's what we knew. There was a need in the guru. What did he, my pastor tell us? Go over to Guru. Let's go over to Guru. He came and he went. We have been used. These are just a few examples to having this holiday, which, people, they, they, which is not a Christian holiday, called Christmas, that the Christ was born on 25th. We had been used that that day has to find you and you talk to the church, use that day, and uh, you teach about Jesus Christ. Hmm? How he died on the cross, how he resurrected, how he died to save us. You teach Jesus Christ to the people. You take advantage of that. We have to go. And be in the youth meeting. So those are a few examples that I can cite that an individual can say, yes, let what I am doing wait. But I must do what? What the Lord wants of me. Let your will be done and not my will. For you to reach that level, you must empty self out of you, or out of you, or out of me. Hmm. Here in the book of Hebrews chapter 5, Verse 12 to 14. Hebrews chapter 5. 
This is the real, real reproof. For when for the same, for, for, for the time, for when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. And I become such as I have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But a strong meat belongs to them that are full of age, even those who are, by reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Then we ought to be teachers. Milk, natural, in a natural sense, milk belongs to them, mostly given to uh, children that are uh, unskillful, children that are unskillful. Mm. Milk is given to people that are unskillful, the children. Worked so hard on this because that is a human nature. If we are going to grow in God, we have to empty self out of ourselves and serve God even in a better way. We have to empty self out of ourselves. If we are going to serve God and serve God acceptably, we have to deal with the self Look inside of ourselves. Look inside of us and all here. I have a problem. If you do not keep your flesh under subjection, the flesh will rise up. It will always rise up. It will always rise up. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27. Open 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 
verse 27. Hmm. He likened it to a rest here. Verse 25, every man that strives for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body. and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway, or I may be rejected. Paul feared to be rejected when the Lord Jesus Christ returns. And that should be a fear, that's a godly fear, in, in, that should be in all of us to be rejected when Christ comes. That's the, the, the saddest thing that can ever happen to a child of God who has been in the church. He has been in church for a while, having listened to the word of God, there are certain questions that you do not have to ask anymore. In church for 10 years or 15 years or 20 years, someone is still asking whether it's not allowed or whether it's, not, it's, it's proper for them to put on a trouser and yet they are sisters. Is it all right for me to paint my nails? Someone who has been in church is asking such a question. Is it all right for me to paint my nails? into my lips. I'm going to use a colorless paint. If you feel the flesh a little, if you begin feeding the flesh a little, it will never get satisfied. You will be climbing from one who is just like a saying, Pastor, I will put the what? This. I would only put a pin on my ears, a small pin. Now that means you have started feeding the flesh as a sister a little. 
But you are not going to stop there. Until one day you end up with bicycle rims on the ears. Pastor, what's wrong with this music of gospel music? Those are questions that we were answered long time ago if you have been in the church for a while. What's wrong with rock of beat, Pastor? I said, I feel it is nice. If you have been in this church and you have listened to messages concerning music in the body, or write music, or about rock and roll, and roll. Then you ask such a question, what is the test of music in our, in our life today, your meaning in the gospel world? Just know those are signs of carnality. Somebody's response can always tell you that they are still canon. Just because you can feel God sometimes, it's not a sign that God has approved in the way you dress. If you dress in a seductive way or you dress in a, a way that's not modest, then when you come in here in church and you feel the spirit of God once in a while, it does not mean that God is saying, ah, you are still okay even if you dress like that. Mm -mm. That's like a, a God, God being God, he makes the, 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 the rain to fall on the what? In the gardens of the, the witch doctors, in the gardens of the of evil people, and also in the gardens of God's children. So when I feel the spirit of God in my life once in a while, and yet I'm disobeying God's word, when the word of God says, uh, my dress has to be modest apparel. And I have a problem. Now this is true. People who try to serve God in their carnal mind will soon wear out. If I try to serve God in my carnal mind, it is just a matter of time and I will wear out. You will wear out. Self 
It's a very big problem. To every child of God. Can you grow to a level where your pastor can tell you, give me this much, I want this, I, I, I need this, I'm in need of such and such an amount of money. Give it to me. Or worker to get it to me. I need it today. Or tomorrow. Yet in the house you know you don't have. But because you want the Lord to be Lord over your life, you'll go borrowing. You can even go to borrow in order to fulfill what a servant of God wants to do. I have seen some children of God, you can tell them like that. They'll look for man and give me. They look for man and give you. Give their pastor. I've seen it here. People who are, who try to serve God in their kind of mind will soon wear out. That is true. They will think the church is the problem. They will say the pastor is the problem. Have you ever realized that everyone that is, most people that leave church They have pastors, their problem. Most people would always say, Pastor, the way he handled me, the way he, because he rebuked me unfairly. What would you say in the days of Eli when he rebuked Hannah? And Hannah actually was on the right. And I had not drunk any wine or strong drink. He is a servant of God and he rebukes her, knowing that this lady had taken strong drink. Alcohol. Did Anna leave the church? That you earned her blessing. Brethren, let's grow to a level that even when you are rebuked, when you are given a correction, you don't now say, ah. When you fear correction, it means uh, when you don't want, when I don't want correction, it may suggest that for me I'm perfect. That I'm only, because I'm perfect, I'm only waiting. Christ has just delayed to take me where? To heaven. There's no such a thing like a perfect child of God who is still in the church. Whether it's me, the pastor, the reason, in fact, one of the, the strongest reasons I'm still alive is because there are serious issues in my life. God has to deal with me. God has to deal with me. 
And when you have done that which he knows is enough to save me, reach to me to that level, you say you can now rest. So, you can wear out and you always think past is a problem. When all along, when all the time, it is a self. When all the time it is a self. The Tavanjo get a court. Tojikwata call, like someone who said, a politician said, You can't correct me. You cannot, you know, it's like you are demeaning me. Most children of God think when pastor gives them a correction, has a lowered their position. This man of God doesn't even imagine that I have a degree on myself, doesn't even know that I'm so wise, I'm so sharp. Now he talks to me like he's talking to his own child. Yes, you become a child to that man of God, a spiritual child. And if you are to be saved, if I'm to be saved, I have to have the attitude of a child. I must be willing for self to be dealt with. Me who is giving you this message, it's not because I have always had it easy with my pastor. Everything is okay and everything. I have had many corrections, even when I'm in the ministry. And that's the safety of this church. Yes, because I have somebody I can look to. That's the safety of this church. I'm not an independent operator. A carnal mind, we have always uh, learned that a carnal mind is enmity with God. It's in Romans chapter 8, verse 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. That is our worst enemy today. And that is what keeps us from advancing in God. That is what keeps us from advancing in God today.
God would want to empower. It's God's will to empower all of his children. But he wants us He wants self to be dealt with, to be dealt with before he empowers us. We have to live in a way that we are in line with God. That's what he wants of us. We are to live in a way that we are in line with God. got to admit some things, brothers and sisters. I have got to admit some things. When I do that, God will help me. Later on, He will empower me. But there are some things that we just have to be committed to God. Do we need more power to keep us from being offended? Or to keep us from being uh, to committing adultery, such things. It's not a lack of power; it's a lack of us submitting to God. When you submit to God and His Word, you will not do certain things. Yet other people are still struggling with, 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 in the same uh, that kind of what lifestyle. It's an act of not my will. And the Spirit of God will keep, will keep you. God, whether it is about power, people have always talked about being given power by God. I want to fast and pray for this number of days and weeks. Get God's power. That's okay to fast and pray. It's okay. But we have to be careful that when God gives us his power, we don't have holes in our systems that will leak it out immediately. Hmm? We have to get the word of God that will help us to cement those areas. Those holes are created by a promotion of self. We 
we create holes in ourselves that even when we are given a power, it just goes away because of self. But let's learn to pray that the word of God that, he, that we learn, that we learn in the house of God, we shall put it in practice. And once we put the word of God in practice, certain things you will not have to struggle with them. I have seen it. There are certain things that you want to struggle with, with them. And yet you see other people still struggling, struggling. But if God can help you, you know, certain weaknesses, you, you just cannot struggle with them anymore because you have obeyed the word of God. But where we are, you have not disobeyed, then it becomes a struggle. Where you have not obeyed the word of God, it becomes a struggle. It becomes impossible. The same thing, the same thing, the same thing, the same thing coming up. May the Lord help us, brethren. That's my prayer. After I've run this race, help me the victory again. Need you look like closer. I feel my need you look. I make it through after I run this race, don't let it be in vain. Here's my hand, dear Lord, help me the victory again. Amen. Praise our God. It's the grace to be here. And uh, it's that by His own grace that we are what we are. For us to choose to come to the house of the Lord in this time and uh, be blessed of God, uh, touch the Spirit of God and be touched of the Spirit of God is because of God's only grace. And so, we'd like to thank God for all that He has done for us. And we would like to continue with the Word of God, this message, like I say. I, this is not, was not my own initiative. It was a message that was proclaimed or preached by one of our brothers in the, in the fellowship called Brother Gary Wright. <clears throat> and I'm just uh, looking through areas uh, that pertain to our lives, areas that, that really uh, uh, concerned with us and, uh, and I went through this message. It, uh, I saw that I needed it so much if I am to serve God and serve him even better because it's not easy to really to avoid self. Self, like we saw the other time, is uh, our greatest enemy. Self is our greatest enemy. It's the worst enemy that we have. It's the worst enemy that I have. And that's what keeps us from advancing in God. Self keeps us, keeps me from advancing in God. Self is not something that is uh, simple to, uh, to deal with. 
Every one of us, right from childhood, uh, we are so selfish. We love ourselves more than anything else. Mm. But God, God can help us, give us grace to empty ourselves out of, of this itself. The more we shall have of God. The less of me and the more of God. That's what will help us. Mm. We have to live in a way that we are in line with God. We are to, we've got to admit uh, some things and God will empower us. We have to admit that this is my problem. This is my problem. And because of self, we have not done much, brethren, we have not done much for God as far as the work of God in this place is concerned. We have not done much for God. The biggest reason is self. It's nothing else, but it is self. Mm. And that's why we cannot live in line with God's will. It's not that uh, we are lacking power, but the biggest problem is that it's self that is coming in the way all the time. It's an act of my will. If we can humble ourselves enough and be willing to accept and believe this message, when we will implement this message and practice it in our lives, we will see what God will do for us. Whether you're a business person, whether you are uh, employed by government, whether you are not employed at all, the equation is self. We do not want to be corrected because of self. We do not want uh, to, uh, to allow the word of God correct darker areas of our lives because of self. Most of the time, brethren, we are full of arguments. We are justifying ourselves that we are right. That's what we should have done. And yet, the word of God speaks the contrary. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, this is the scripture that he we ended with, I believe, it's the scripture we ended with uh, last time. Book of Matthew, chapter 5. And seeing the multitudes, he went up unto a mountain, and when he was said, his disciples came unto him. He opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in the spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, 
for they shall inherit the earth. This is the kingdom behavior. What we are reading over here is the kingdom behavior. We have to look at this message individually. This was not just a a, a small someone that Jesus Christ was just reading those words as we read them in Matthew 5. It was a very profound sermon that Jesus Christ delivered. He was talking to more than just 12, the 12 disciples. He was talking to the multitudes and he was also talking to us. The word of God tells us clearly that whatsoever was written for our time was written for our learning, and that we, through patience and comfort of scriptures, might have hope. Jesus Christ talking to his own disciples, he was not, he, it was more than just his disciples. And a disciple is someone who wants to live like his master. The disciple is someone who wants to live like his master. The disciple is, like, is someone who wants to live. We are all disciples of Jesus Christ. We have to strive to live like our master. <clears throat> when you read out verse 3, verse 4, and verse 5, For us to benefit from what Jesus Christ taught, we have to empty out to sell from us. To have the humility not to think of yourself more than you ought. Not to think of ourselves more than we think. That's humility. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4, let's see if we can have another scripture here before we get back to Matthew. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4, let nothing be done through strife, of any glory, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. This is quite a stumbling block for us. It's a hard born for us to chew, for us to do this,
God has to help us. Because it's not easy. Not only the saints, but the pastor himself too. To not look on your own things alone, but on the things of others. It's not something that is easy, brethren. To esteem other people better than yourself takes humility. That's why Jesus Christ said, blessed are the meek. It takes humility for you to prefer your sister. You love your brother. You love your sister to dress better. You love your husband. You love your wife to look better, to have it better. You love another child of God to have it better than yourself. It's not something that is easy. We need to cry to God because self is too much in us. Also in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Back to the book of Matthew, chapter 11, verse 28. Come unto me, Jesus Christ said, all ye that labor, and I have a letter, and I will give you peace. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in your heart. You shall find rest unto your souls. I am meek and lowly in your heart. Now when Jesus Christ says here in Matthew chapter 5, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And he is telling us to learn of him. To learn of him. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2 and 3. Book of Romans chapter 12. I beseech thee, he says, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. We have to prove to this world that which is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's the very content with us. Being true 
and being acceptable. In the sight of God. It takes a lot being lost from us. We think too so we think too highly of ourselves. We really think of ourselves as we elevate, we know, you know, don't look at me as someone who is just a, a, a mere so and so, a mere so and so. I am somebody. That is our mind. I am somebody. Jesus Christ does not reject us when we have true humility. That's a good statement to write down. Jesus Christ, who is our Savior, our Redeemer, Jesus Christ does not reject us if we have true humility. Not just putting God and showing outwardly that you are humble before your pastor or before your boss or before uh, somebody. And when someone looks at you, looks at a person who is greeting with all, all humility, hmm, Say, oh my, this person is humble. It's far beyond that. It's far beyond an, an, an outward show. It's far beyond that. Jesus does not reject us when we have true humility. It's not something that you just put on and put off. No. It has to be a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. Humility is a lifestyle. A life to live. A life of humility. Humility causes you to repent your only child. The one who came out of your only bowels. Humility causes you to repent. Sometimes even where you are not even meant to repent. Either I have humility or I don't. That's another good statement. Either I have humility or I don't. I'm either humble or I'm not. There is no middle ground. Either I'm humble or I'm not. This is the virtue that separated the first Adam from Jesus Christ. The second Adam, whom we know as Jesus Christ, had humility, was humble. Matthew 21, verse 5. Book of Matthew, chapter 21, verse 5. 
Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy king cometh unto the meek, unto thee, meek and sitting upon an ass, and a court, the fall of an ass, meek. Jesus Christ was meek. Even when he was doing his work here on earth, on the streets of Jerusalem. The Apostle Peter, while talking, referring to the wives, in 1 Peter chapter 3, Verse 3, whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plating the bear and of wearing of God or putting on of apparel. Verse 4, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit which is in the sight of God of great price. For after this manner, the holy time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves being in subjection unto their own husbands. An example of Sarah is given in verse 6, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, Whose daughters you are, you who are here in the church today, as long as you do well and are not afraid within amazement. Sisters and daughters of Sarah, humility is not only to the sisters, but to the brothers as well. We are living at a time when it is hard to think of yourself less. But what this message is saying, think of yourself less. This is the basis of this message. Think of yourself less. There are people who think of themselves all the time. It's all about me. I want to be treated right. I want somebody to take care of me. I want someone to, to know how to talk to me. I just want to know, even if pastor is the one talking to me, I want him to know how to frame his words so that I can believe what he says or I can agree to what he says. That is the first step of carnality. And it is what we have to watch for. If you pastor, if you expect the pastor to modify the correction before he tells you, 
then just know that you are still too carnal and you are not humble at all. I am not humble at all. All the time I want people to treat me right, know how to talk to me. Even when you have made a mess of yourself, you still expect people to treat you right, people to handle you well, people to know how to speak to you, because of self in you. You think you are so expensive. We think of ourselves as people of very high price. We think too much of ourselves and less of others. Less, that's why we have less of God and we have more of ourselves. But what does the song say? Less of me. How does the, the song go? More of you. So me. This is my plea. Here is my home. Yeah. You are would be more of you. Less of just this is my plea. Here's my will. Hold me dear. Like you would be. That's it. That's what it is meant to be. Less of me and more of Christ. More of God. But you cannot have more of Christ when we have more of ourselves. It's impossible. We should learn how to feed, how first of all to believe the word of God. We should learn to believe. We must learn how to believe the word of God. And that will help us to feed ourselves with the word of God by implementing it. You are feeding yourself with the word of God by implementing it, by putting it in practice, by living it, L-I-V-I-N-G, living the word, living the word. That's what it means, having more of Christ and less of me. To the level that by the time one is rested, by the time one absolutely is rested, you have put on the mind of Christ, like Apostle Paul said. You have more of Christ than, more, than yourself. Look at the daily activities that you involve yourself in. Let's say, 
Let's, let's be stopping and analyzing our lives. Each one of us, including me, who is speaking. I need this message badly. Let me see what I am involved in just in one day today, which is ending. Does it refer so much about myself or about others or about God? How much have I thought about God's word? How much of God's word have I put in practice? How much of the lifestyle of Christ have I showed to the public? Because one of the objectives of this fellowship, of this church, is for us to give a final witness to the world where we are living. For people to know the true Christ alive in us. The true Christianity alive in us. It's not how much I have done, but how much of Christ do I have? That's more important. Because when you look at the charity organizations, they have done so much in, in terms of, 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 of physical activities. Mm. They have done, whether it's a lottery club, they have done a lot, Lions Club. They can show you what they have done, but that is not enough for a child of God. How much of Christ do I have? Humility is something we all need to remove ourselves out of the equation, out of the serving process of God. It's becoming more and more clear to me in this lesson that without humility, I cannot be saved. It's not proper for a child of God to keep asking other people, hmm? what do they say about me? What do they think about me? What are people saying? Hmm? That is carnality and it is infancy. There's a big difference. Between being a, having a spiritual gift and a spirituality.
What makes the gift is effective is the vessel. That's carrying the gift. For us as vessels in the hands of God to be more effective, we need to get self out of, our, of the way. Many, many children of God have kept on saying, if I had a gift of an evangelist, I would do a lot for God. If I had a gift of prophecy, I think I would serve God. If I had God, absolutely can use you, even without that. But the biggest problem, God does not take long. God to, to empower you. God can empower a child of God. But the problem, the hindrance is itself. Before God empowers us, we have to power ourselves out. The Bible tells us how God resists the proud. In Isaiah chapter 57, In Isaiah chapter 57. When you read all this, shows us how God absolutely resists the proud. Verse 1 to verse 15. Verse 15 says, For thou says the high and lofty one that inhabits eternity whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and the holy place, with him also that is of a contrite and a humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. There is another one here in chapter 66 of the same book, verse 1 and 2. As says the Lord, the heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you build unto me? And where is the place of my, my rest? For all these things has mine hand made, and all these things have been, says the Lord. But to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit, and humbleness at my word. He that is humble at the word of God. There are so many scriptures. Psalms 51 verse 17. 
Book of Psalms 51, verse 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O oh God, thou will not despise. That's what God wants of us. Psalms chapter 34, verse 18. To 22. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and they serve as such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked. And they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. That's the word of God. Psalms 147, verse 17. Psalms 145, from verse 17. Shall read up to verse 20. The Lord is righteous in all his ways, and holy in all his works. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in the truth. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him, he also will hear their cry and will save them. The Lord preserves all them that love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. All the wicked he will destroy. God resists the proud. Humility is the antidote of pride. Humility is the medicine of pride. Humility is the medicine of pride. If I want to get rid of, of myself, which is actually pride, I should take on humility. I should practice humility. Humility is the medicine of pride. Pride. When you are a proud person, you are self-centered. You are self-centered. 
you are the one who knows others don't know you feel you are better than others we have to realize who we are and who god is that's very important we have to realize who we are i have to realize who am i remember i am fallen if you realize that that you are fallen and that there is a lot of chaff in you in me that will humble me enough to the level that I will begin working on this monster called the self. Children of God do not want a minister to go in deep in their lives. And that's why someone can afford to say, leave me alone. Let me handle my issues alone. Don't bother calling me. That's proud, being proud. God is holy. But we think too much of ourselves. How we treat one another is how we treat Jesus Christ. How we treat one another is how we treat Jesus Christ. Let me quote one more scripture here. In Matthew 25, verse 35, shall read a few verses up to verse 46. We are familiar with this passage of story or narrative from Jesus. Jesus Christ talked about the, the talents, the parable of the talents. Then the, I will come and judge the nations when the Son of Man will come in his glory and all his holy angels with him. Then shall he sit upon the throne of glory. And before him, nations shall be gathered unto him. Now see what, let's see, cut the story short. 
For I was hungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in a prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him and say, Lord, when saw we thee also, and, and, uh, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When he saw with thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee, or when he saw with thee sick, or in a prison and came unto thee, the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto thee, inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. That's why I gave you a statement that how we treat one another is how we treat Jesus himself. This is very, very important. If there is a lesson from the word of God, that I should strive as a child of God to put in practice is this one. Self has made us to do very little for God. How will God give me more when all is around me is about myself? How will God empower me if all that I have is just for myself and my family? The work of God has suffered in this region because of this monster called itself in us. It's not because of the number of people, it's about the self. May the Lord help us. That's my prayer. May the Lord help us. Because, brethren, it's not profitable to be in the house of God, and I'm not striving to put the word of God in practice. I don't allow the word of God to deal with me. My spirit to be made better, I must be humble enough. We shall continue with this lesson, God willing, next service. It's still going on. Praise his wonderful name.